Support for the Trailblazers.fm podcast comes from the Campaign for Black Male Achievement, a national membership network of more than 5,000 members all across the country working to improve the life outcomes of our black men and boys. I'm so excited to share that on Thursday, October 18th, CBME will be celebrating their 10th year anniversary and commemorate a decade of growth and impact for the Black Male Achievement Movement. Now, this gala is going to be honoring Tanya Allen of the Skillman Foundation, one of our past guests, John Rogers Jr., the CEO of Aerial Investments, and George Soros, founder of the Open Society Foundations. To learn more about purchasing tickets to the gala or If you'd like to become a sponsor for the event, please visit blackmailachievement.org or you can shoot me an email, steven at tvpod.com. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Blazer Nation, welcome to an all-new episode of the Trailblazers.fm podcast. Today's a special one, and I am so excited to be beginning a new six-week series featuring Trailblazer entrepreneurs. We're taking you into the lives and stories of seven Black entrepreneurs and business owners who've accomplished their slice of greatness but are continuing to push toward even higher heights on their journey. In true Trailblazer fashion, we're going to be talking with them about things they're most grateful for in their life right now. We'll share a little bit of their background and their story and some of the things that have presented them challenges and delays on their journey and allow them to open up and share with you some motivational mission fuel. You're going to get all kinds of insights and resources that they're using on their journey right now. And you'll hear what they think you should be doing to begin taking action towards blazing your own trail. If today's your first time listening, I want to say thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And I invite you to hop on over to our website at tvpod.com, where you can check out our archives of over 130 plus other episodes. We'll have a little something in store for everyone. So make sure you check that out. You can also follow us on social. We're on the gram, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at tvpod. And so without further delay, I want to introduce you to the first guest in this entrepreneurship series. We're talking today with Janice Brandt Howroyd, who is an amazing businesswoman, entrepreneur, educator, ambassador, author, mentor, and presidential special appointee. She's the founder and chief executive officer of the Act One Group, which is a multi-billion dollar award-winning talent and talent technology enterprise. Now, Janice is currently listed as the number 54 person in the Forbes 2018 list of America's richest self-made women. In 2014, she was recognized by Black Enterprise as the first Black woman to own and operate a billion-dollar company. And she was BET's first ever BET Honors Entrepreneur of the Year and has received Black Enterprise's Business of the Year Award as well. In May of 2016, Janice received a key presidential appointment by President Barack Obama as a member of the President's Board of Advisors on Historically Black Colleges and Universities. She's traveled to over 50 countries, promoting education and the powerful impact it has on communities around the world. And her accomplishments, both personal and professional, are inspired by her deep faith and her love for her family. Blazer Nation, I hope you're as excited as I am right now to welcome the one and only Janice Bryant Harroy. Let's go. 
Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. My guest today is Janice Bryant Harroyd. Miss Janice, welcome and thank you so much for sharing in this conversation with me today. Oh, Stephen, it's such a great honor and blessing to join with you. The work you're doing is tremendous and I'm very excited to be a part of it. Thank you so much. So we love to open up all our conversations from a place of gratitude. And so I'd love to have you share an unexpected blessing that you're most grateful for in your life right now. Well, let me tell you something, Stephen. I live in expectation of blessing and consider everything on earth a blessing. What I will tell you is some unexpected good things that have happened for me are that my teams are really working on some, from a business perspective, that is, have been working on some efforts for a while. And we actually thought that we would have another six months engagement before we got results. And I just got an email from Europe today that blessed us with a new relationship that's going to allow us to deliver workforce solutions across the globe in a dynamic way. On a personal level, I have to tell you that I've got Four nephews who are going to be at North Carolina A&T State University all together on campus. Stephen, we've got Aggies all around the world. So some of them, if this is a professionally engaged conversation, are listening right now. And I know they're just championing the Aggie pride we have for a school that is graduating not only the largest number of African-American engineers in the U.S., but has a dynamic business school where corporations and individually owned businesses are gaining benefit of what's being taught on that campus. So it's all in all just a great day for me. Yes, I love this. I love this. And, you know, everything I've seen and heard from you, I know that you're a very driven woman from Tarboro, North Carolina. And you just shared. Say it again, Steve. I love the way you say it. It's going to sound good to the folks back home. Say it again. That's right. Tarboro, North Carolina. (laughs) So I found it. I found it so amazing, right, that you grew up in a big family. I saw that your parents had 11 children, much the same as my dad. My dad is from a family of 12. And, you know, it left me wondering how the experience of growing up in a big family influenced the values that you live your life by today. Well, you know what? You give me opportunity to say something there. Actually, a couple of things, and I commit to answering your question, but you've laid the platform for two comments I think are very important. And it's my understanding that your audience is primarily Black professionals. I think this is a message for everyone, and they will appreciate it and share my sentiment on this. One, 11 children, one mom, one dad, who really loved each other and taught us the essence of so much that I brought into my business. And then two, the important thing for me about being a part of such a big family on a very mediocre income, which I didn't know until I went to university that we poor Stephen. I thought we were rich until I went to university. (laughs) Hey, look, get this. I graduated with honor. So it wasn't that I was dumb. It was just that my perspective, my lens was different, right? Right. I valued the difference between riches and wealth which is fundamentally the second point that I'm making. Growing up in a family of 13 people in the house every day meant that we were learning a lot of teaming and a lot of ways to expand on something. And those principles have helped me in my business as well. So I'm sure most of your listeners have their own iterations of this, but it was certainly true for me that I learned to be a part of the team and I also learned what it meant to build out from uh, basics. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. But you did ask me a question. What was your question? So, well, 
how did experiences of growing up in that family influence your values, right? That you live your life by today? Well, you know, one of the things that's true for many of us and dynamically for me is that so many of the lessons that I learned in my home became not only personal values for me, they became business values for me. They actually Mm -hmm. influenced the protocols that I innovate that helped me to offer workforce solutions across the globe. We had a mom and a dad who were connected in how they saw our family. Mom was the COO and dad was the CEO. And they exchanged their rules and their values uh, in the process of raising us. So it's been a really important thing for me to be able to capture back to what just seemed natural for me as actual the culture and foundation points from which now I build out total enterprise solutions. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's fantastic. So allow me for a second. I want to just bring it forward just a little bit, but I wanted to share a quick snapshot of your entrepreneurial start with our listeners. So in 1978, you took $1,500, which included a $900 loan from your mom. And it became, it's what became the Act One group today. You started with a fax machine, a phone, and your contacts. And what I love about this story is that you built your company now over the past four decades into what is now a global $3 billion organization that's operating in 19 countries, 2,000 employees, and over 17,000 clients. Let me just pause, take a deep breath, and acknowledge you for the true trailblaze and inspiration you are for what greatness can truly look like for Black men and women. And I know your story is impacting people to date, impacting me in a big way in the work I'm doing. And I know it continues to impact generations to come that's going to want to follow in your footsteps as well. And so, you know, it had me as I was allowing this to influence our conversation, I was wondering what's still driving you to do what you're doing right now. Well, I'm glad you asked the question in that way, because very often when people applaud any of us, when I say us, I mean black professionals, and they do that in the spirit of trailblazing or pioneering, they're talking about our lives as though this is what we've accomplished. No, I don't know if any of your listeners are familiar with the work I've done on my success series. But I have on YouTube available and through the Nightingale Conant organization, The Strangest Secret. And in it, I talk about my definition of success, which is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. I'm an Earl Nightingale addict. I have that, I have that well, definition. Well, let me just, memorized. Tell, you, so I <laughs> let me just tell you, I'm the new Nightingale. Okay. So, 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 yeah. so again, though, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So I'm in my path. I'm on my trail. I have not finished. Success for me is not a noun. It's a burden. Okay, and that's really important to understand. And I think that very often when we talk about what we've done or how we're delivering forward to the world, we tend to take a position of, okay, I've reached some pinnacle. No, I am in the process of doing this. So when you ask me what drives me, it is not why am I still at it more profoundly? I've not reached it. 
my life has to be a progression. Mm. I'm still at it because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There is now, mind you, I have a son who's leading the organization beautifully, and I don't intend to be, you know, on my throne forever. He will get his shot. But we are iterative in how we live. We don't reach a pinnacle and then we just look back. We should be ever striving, ever engaged. And I'm enthusiastic. I'm blessed with great health, discipline and good business practices and personal health practices. So I'm very much enjoying what I'm doing. The bottom line also is fed to by a team of incredible employees. When you talk about you know, 2000 plus employees, you're talking about people who are all in some way or another entrepreneurial making decisions day to day. So when I look at the influence we have across the globe, it's dynamically being fueled by people who are fantastic at what they do. The team members in the at one group, whether they're working at Apple One or Agile One or A-Check for background checks and screening, they're doing it with a deliberate intention around delivering total work for solutions to a geography that has never before had so much a talent available and needs so much more available talent. That's a mouthful. Yes, yes. Wow. So let me break this part down a little bit for those listening, right? And I wanted to talk about some of the keys to growing a business because I shared that number just now, right? $3 billion. That's a blessing, but it also can seem so unattainable for most of the people that are listening. So could you maybe help us to understand what it takes to, what it took for you to grow Act One from, you know, start to a million to a hundred million to a billion? Well, 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 you know, people get caught up on numbers and day to day, those numbers are going to change. It's a business. Okay. Let me explain what I'm talking about and what I think you're getting to. Something I learned years ago, and you know, regardless of where you are politically, you can learn from people, right? Ronald Reagan taught us to trust and verify. Bill Clinton taught me something. I went to the White House when he was there, and I remember him having a group of us in business owners, and we were talking about whether or not we do business with the federal government. And he said, you know, I understand that these, I can't uh, speak in his tone, but he said, you know, I understand that these numbers can get very daunting for you when you're looking at the scale of where the government manages dollars and manages numbers. He said, but one of the things he had learned to do was just erase the zeros. And then you're dealing with one through nine and then add the zeros at the end. I would encourage your listeners who are building a business, managing employees, or simply going through their day-to-day interpersonal relationships, that the person you're speaking with at that time is the most important person as far as they are concerned. And if you can understand that it's about localization and not globalization, you can grow. Get the zeros off. Forget about whether somebody is at this level or that level. Money and numbers are important metrics to measure, but they are measuring a process and a progress. They are not the measure of the person. The income of a person is no indication of their value. Mother Teresa died penniless and the world bowed down in humility at her feet. So we need to understand that when we're building businesses, if we will have people be a fundamental part of how we measure and how we value what we do, get the zeros off, focus on what's happening in that moment, how it impacts the larger picture, then put it back together. We can earn, we can gain. I just told you, we just want another contract. This contract is worth millions of dollars to us from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. But do you understand 
unless we're able to break down the service we deliver location to location to location and bring value to those individual stakeholders, that contract will end up not just being worth nothing, it could cost us if we don't deliver well. And that's the important thing. Stop worrying about what somebody else's zeros look like. Focus on your one through nine. Love that. Love that. I'm going to come back to people in a second because I wanted to talk. I've heard you talk on this many times, but obviously 40 years has taught you so much and entrepreneurs never go on a straight path from A to B, right? Well, it's taught me a lot when you say 40 (laughs) years, because mind you, I'm still in my 20s. I'm the most magnificently (laughs) millennial you're going to meet. Absolutely. And a beautiful woman she is, everyone. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm still in the stilettos. Let's put it that way. Whether that's selfie or not, I'm still running through airports in stilettos. Hey, that's that's awesome. That's fantastic. I wanted to pick your brain on, I find that our listener sometimes connects to the valley, right? Because they can relate if they've been there or if they're there right now. And so I wanted to talk with you just a minute about a challenging experience that you've had. And I'm sure you've had many running Act One. And maybe have you share what you learned about yourself through the experience. Well, when you talk about valleys, you talk about going through. One thing we all understand is being on our grind, right? Yes. And the big lesson I've learned is that, and I kind of alluded to this, kind of preambled it with my conversation about localization of your services. The Mm -hmm. big lesson I've learned is that you... As you grow a business, if you are entrepreneurial, and by the way, it doesn't mind who signs your check, you write it. So everybody's their own brand. Whether you're working in someone else's company or in your own company, this applies. Okay, we need to get that out there first, Stephen. And the thing that I've learned about going through the valleys or being on your grind is that successful people embrace doing the things that people who often don't consider themselves successful reject doing. Whether that's doing the hard thing first in the course of a day or whether that's really taking the hard look at the reality of your situation on the whole. It's about embracing the thing that's hard. Most difficult things are simple. Simple doesn't mean easy, but most of the things that you're really invested in that you may waste time with procrastination or you may find personal attitudes that will keep you from making the right decision. You just want to, you know, that definition of idiocy, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. All of those things are emotional, but successful people really embrace doing the things that most people find difficult to do or will reject. And I think that's sometimes referred to as the winner's edge or, you know, sometimes it's simply plays itself out as situativeness. But going through valleys doesn't mean that you aren't climbing mountains at the same time. You're going to have some trails of up and down. Your signature nomenclature is what it's all about, trailblazing. You're going through paths that you've not been through before. That doesn't mean somebody else hasn't been through it. Absolutely. It's just new to you. And when you accept that, then you're more open to the idea that you can embrace teams, networks. You can even fail on your way to success more than once. We've all heard stories of people who've done that. Somehow when it comes to our own personal lives, we tend to put those blinders on and we believe that just focusing on our goal gets there. Yeah, I have on my desk a saying that says the result is the truth. You know, 
that means that you're not going to be stopped and you're not going to be in error by the obstacles that come along your life in the process of growing and growing where you want to go. And you need to stop and take measure along that path a little bit as well. You know, every road has its different milestones, right? Mm -hmm. 50 miles till, 40 miles till, you know, you need to remember that. So I think that it is really important for your listeners to understand that when it comes to going through valleys, there are valleys on your way to climbing a mountain. Every mountain has a valley. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. I wanted to take a quick break right here and ask you a quick question. When you hear the words personal branding, what are you thinking of? I have a good many people who have responded to this saying they're thinking of a logo or maybe a website. And those are just a couple elements, right, to a personal brand, but they're not everything. In fact, your personal brand is in large part this ongoing process and development of your online reputation, your image, and a promise you're making to those that you interact with and influence on a day-to-day basis. And it's also derived from who you are, who you want to be, and who people perceive you to be. Now, in 2018, whether you are a CEO, uh, entrepreneur, a corporate professional, or you're a college grad, someone is Googling your name and the results that they find, if any, and a story being told about you and your brand is going to leave that person who is searching either more or less inclined to connect with you, do business with you, or hire you. And if you know right now that you need to fix this, if you know you need to begin building your personal brand or enhancing what you have already started working on, but you have no idea what to do from here or how to get started, I'd like to encourage you to sign up right now to learn more about my personal branding course called Brand You Academy. It's a first-class, six-week online program designed to help you build your amazing personal brand and digital footprint. If you're interested and you want to learn more, hop on over right now to tbpod.com slash brand you. Again, that's tbpod.com slash brand you. Now let's get back to today's episode. I could listen to you talk for like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I listen and I imagine several women who I know are frequent listeners of the podcast who are hoping and praying for a fraction of the blessing you've had in your own journey, right? For their startups and their journey. What have you observed though, being the biggest challenges that you see our black female entrepreneurs facing right now where, you know, our black women are one of the fastest growing groups of entrepreneurs right now, but also face so much struggle trying to rise, right? I'd love your input from your vantage point, you know, to share with them what you see as a challenge that they're maybe not looking at from their lens. I'll tell you one thing that's happened for me, if that can be helpful, because I got to speak from my own truth, right? Absolutely. I can give you academic perspectives as anyone can. I'll speak from my own truth. And that is, you know, very often I'm asked about sexism, racism. Lately, people ask me about rheumatism, you know, but (laughs) the truth is, the truth is, it's been my own self that's gotten in my way more often than else. I do not negate that these things exist. We all see it clearly, okay? But it's kind of like many of your listeners are going to relate to what I say. It's not what they call you. It's what you answer to. For me, it's really been living the truth of that, not just believing that, but knowing that. You see, I believe the sun is going to come up tomorrow. I know that I'm speaking with you in this moment. It's moving from believing to knowing that's been the 
biggest struggle for me. And I have to tell you, honestly, I've had the occasion to speak at graduations and at big events and organizations and keynotes. And I will tell you, I've been sharing lately. It's only been the last four and a half to five years that I've given myself the freedom to be a smart black woman. Mm. Now, I grew up, as you mentioned earlier, in a town called Tarboro, North Carolina. And I grew up during a time of segregation. Some of your listeners may be too young to relate to this, but I pray all of them are educated and informed enough to know about this. I was a pre-civil rights kid, okay? And I knew what it meant to never get a brand new book. Every book I got had pages missing. But my dad would say, you're smart enough, figure out what's missing. And my mom would say, and what you do, write it down, tape it in so the kid behind you will have that information available. So I grew up in an environment, Stephen, where I knew what it was like to be lesser than. And I grew up in a community that taught me that that was my right place. But I also grew up in a family that taught me, look, this world is big and God's promise is real. And you live in consistency with that. And you make sure that you learn and you grow and you'll be able to overcome that. And you may just change it for someone else. So talking about obstacles or things that I've learned as a woman, the things I've learned as a woman are lessons for men as well. You know, men have their own concerns and their own needs as well, especially black men. And so what I've learned is I have to own my own truth. I remember my sister went away to university and this form is online somewhere and I won't quote it, you know, in its fullness direct. I'm going to take a little artistic license here. But I remember when my sister went away to North Carolina A&T State University and I was left home and the house felt empty when she left. Now, I told you there are 11 of us and the first one to go to college still left 10 plus mom and dad. Full dozen of people every day, every night in that home. And it felt so empty to me. And I cried. And back then, we didn't tweet and we didn't FaceTime. We didn't even have cell phones, okay? And nobody was paying phone bills to call from Tarboro, North Carolina, to Greensboro, North Carolina. So we wrote letters and we felt ourselves privileged to have stamps. And I wrote my sister these series of letters about how I missed her and the loneliness I was feeling. And she wrote me one letter back. And in it, she put a poem. It's by an unknown poet, I think, online somewhere. But in just it says, my love is of a birth as rare as all for objects strange and high. T'was begotten by despair upon impossibility. That's how that poem started. And it taught Mm. me so much in that moment where I was hanging my identity of myself on disparity, on what was being shown in front of me about who I could be and who I should be. And my sister had gone off to Greensboro, North Carolina. She was on a campus where everybody in that whole community was engaged in the process of higher learning. And people were coming in to speak and coming from different places and sharing with them new ideas. Most of my sister's letters were sharing with me concepts and new information that she learned from speakers who would come speak at A&T, which is likely why I invest so much time today speaking on campuses. I never thought about it until this very second, Stephen. You blessed me with a new Mm. knowledge about myself in this conversation. Why do I break my business? I'm emotional. Why do I break my business schedule so often to invest time on campuses? I think it's because when I think back on it, the letters that I treasure in my life, mm. amongst them are letters where my sister shared with me how speakers would come and she would go to listen in the auditorium 
to all these wonderful speakers from across the world who were teaching her things on that campus about places she'd not yet been. And so I'm going to get myself back into the right emotional space and just say that if there are women listening, please, please understand it's the conversation you're having with yourself that's going to speak the loudest in your quiet moments. Mm. It's the conversation you're having with yourself that's going to be heard by others when you're not saying a word. And it's the conversation you're having with yourself that's going to leave your legacy in life. It's what you said to you that's going to mean more and deliver more than what anybody else is saying. And so you've got to be precious about it. Yeah, I teach people to ask questions and then listen, listen, listen. I would encourage you that you are amongst that audience that you ask the questions of and that you listen to. Please gain everything you can in the way of assimilating knowledge, but be very selfish about how you bring it into yourself and how you apply it to your life and be deliberate, be highly intentional about what you allow to stay with you, what you repeat to yourself. I'm a woman of a certain age and it's only within the last four and a half to five years that I've truly given myself permission to be smart and black and female. And I was doing over a billion dollars of business before I gave myself that permission. Imagine, just imagine what life could look like had I given myself that permission sooner. I pray your young ladies and your young men listeners give themselves that permission. You know, one of my favorite songs in life is John Lennon's Imagine. And I listened to it by Randy Crawford, actually, live from one of her African tours. Mm-hmm. But that song is what I listen to. I teach people to play the music that takes you where you want to go. I listen to Imagine, and it helps me with all of those issues that we're talking about people face. So anyway, that's me, Stephen. That's me. Wow. That is so powerful. I've lost all train of thought just listening to that. That right there is very, very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking of this quote that says, one generation plants a tree and the next generation gets the shade. And I just appreciate your wisdom. You planted a tree and you're extending that shade to us right now. And I don't know if you have any other practical advice for a generation of entrepreneurs and probably more practical on what steps we should be taking right now in this generation, in this time that we're in right now as new entrepreneurs to work on our businesses. Well, you know, most of your listeners are probably familiar with my ABCs, so I'm not going to go through those, but I think you can direct them to the ABCs and how to find them. What I will do is I'll give you a new level, okay? ABC.2, okay? And A on this ABC is about make sure we respect the power of artificial intelligence, Where does it play in our lives? Now, most people think of artificial intelligence and they're thinking about how artificial intelligence is impacting the workforce, which is where I'm delivering a lot of my attention and my work as well, too. You know, is it taking away jobs? Is it creating new jobs? That's a debate that could be held in a different form. But for the purpose of your listeners, I want them to understand the power of it because it can make their lives dynamically stronger, more secure. It can also impact them in a way that speaks to where they feel their own privacy and their issues are. So, and how they get into the game, how they understand what life looks like going forward. Many of them appreciate it if it's in a vehicle they buy or technology they utilize in their homes, but they're not really appreciating it in terms of 
how they can have an investment for them in their lives as well. And then the B, the B would be about how you buy. What are you buying into? You know, whether that's making sure that you're investing in startup businesses, even as you're an entrepreneur, buy into some of the businesses that you have an interest in, whether it's to learn more about the area you're going into or it's just to support the collective buying power that allows us to see new businesses grow, that we really appreciate the trend of how they're becoming important in the lives we are invested in and and the communities that we care about. But I think all of your listeners who are entrepreneurially situated or professionally situated to buy, that they start to think about how they're buying into businesses, not just the ideas, what ideas you buy into, but what technologies, what business services are you buying into? Be very thoughtful about that early on. Many of them are busy paying off school loans or making their first large purchases of homes. Make sure that you're paying into your future as well and you're buying into smart businesses. Create a portfolio that you're really caring about. And then the C for me remains the same, and that's the communication. Be very selfish about what you're allowing to come into your consciousness as well as about what you're giving out. The consciousness, the communication that occurs for your consciousness. I think these are things that are really important. They're going to manifest differently for every one of us. And because we are iterative beings, which I keep repeating thematically in this conversation with you, is that we are iterative. That means we have room to grow and we have need to forgive. We need to make sure that we are very, very clear where we are allowing our conscious minds to go. You know, your unconscious mind starts to unpack your conscious mind. Hear what I'm saying, Stephen? Your unconscious mind starts to unpack your conscious mind in some very, very profound and deliberate ways. you got to be highly thoughtful about what you say. Everything matters about what you allow into your brain. You'll even hear me sometimes if I'm speaking or in a conversation, casual or formal, and I'll say, disclaim that, reject that. Cancel that. My most frequent go-to is like cancel that, where I will cancel out a thought if it is not serving well to where I need to be going. And it doesn't matter whether it's information, perspective, whether it's data, whatever it is, I will cancel it out. I will consciously cancel it out so it doesn't interrupt the unconscious path that I'm taking. Does that make sense for you? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I love that you're speaking that out into existence and canceling that. That's amazing. I, I will take call of that and put that into application right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I see that sometimes if I'm in a public environment and it's no secret, it just keeps me fluid. You'll see me like tap with my middle three fingers of my right hand against just above my waist, you know, for some reason, that's where my sensitive point is for me. Right. And so I'll just tap it in and I'll just cancel it out. If somebody's saying something that's not bringing good to the world, I cancel it out. If something's happening in my life that I'm hearing and it's not resonating with the direction I need to go, I cancel it out. If I say it and I say it in error, I cancel it out, you know, and sometimes I'll just consciously out loud say cancel that and keep rolling. We got to be very thoughtful about the precious time we experience in this existence because we want the whole existence of life to be beneficial to and beneficial from us. And it's important that we are very, very thoughtful, very, very thoughtful about how we allow our conscious mind to interrupt or propel our unconscious behavior. I love that. I have a couple more quick questions for you before we wrap up here. But 
we talked about people a couple of minutes ago, and I wanted to come back to this and, and just ask you how much of the success of the Act One group do you credit to your own team? 100%. 100% of it. Now, where am I in that picture? I'm a part of that team. The most important people on your team are always going to know this and appreciate you for valuing that forward. Your clients are going to appreciate that. If When you start to get to the point where you believe that it's all about you, I think that's where you start your decline. You know, when you're green, you grow when you ripe, you rot. And when you have a team that is constantly allowed to bring it and encouraged to bring innovation and thought into your organization, you're growing. Now, you know, we have something in our company that is our foundation. We call the feet upon which we stand. And it spells out F-E-E-T. F is freedom to innovate. E is excellence in delivery. The second E is everything matters and the T is time to understand. So when you spell that out about how we live and how we work, it says we value the freedom to innovate in order to deliver excellence, in order that we have excellence in delivery because everything matters. We invest the time to understand how brilliant will that be when you live that professionally and personally? Yes, yes. I'm for all of that. Last two questions here for you. I will wrap up for today. Trailblazers or or Blazer Nation, as we like to call our community, they love to hear the resources of our featured guests. And I wanted to ask you, you know, if there are any books that you're reading right now, or maybe you've read in the past that you would care to recommend and encourage us to also read. Well, you know, Patrick Lencioni's book, Advantage, is a really good one for business owners to be reading. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of interesting. You asked me about how much credit I give to the growth and the strength of my organization, to my team. Uh, Young man, Ron Lippitt actually brought that book to my attention. He is one of our leadership team members and he encouraged my son, Brett, and me to read the book. And I just think it's awesome. And again, it's Patrick Lencioni's book, Advantage. Then there are two other books that I've been going back and forth between. I don't read one book at a time. I really need, you know, the two or three to balance it out. And these were referred to me by a man who became a friend recently. One is called The 100 Year Life, Living and Working in an Age of Longevity. And this is by Andrew Scott and Linda Bratton. And then the third book that I'm reading is Life 3.0, Being Human in the Age of what? Artificial Intelligence. And it's by Max Tegmark. So I think those are really good books. I'm always reading the Bible. So that's my number one. Okay. Amen. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, My daughter told me years ago, before she even became teenage, she said, Mom, never say but. And I asked her, I said, Catherine, why are you so insistent about this? Well, Mom, when you say but, that means everything you just said isn't true. So I'm going to say read these three books. And, you know, if you want to know what else I'm reading, I'm reading the Bible. That's right. That's right. Listen, I enjoyed this conversation so much. I have one last question for you. Oh, you that told I asked. me that was your last. Okay, this is your last point, too. This is your All last point, too. <laughs> yeah. This is my last point, too. So what is one action that you'd recommend we take this week that is going to help us on our journey to blaze our trail? Do a T-graph. Sit down deliberately any day of the week that works for you that you have at least one hour. And do a T-graph. You're familiar with the T-graph? 
I am not. Okay, so you can do this on your devices or you can do it old school paper and pencil. Some of you may want paper and pencil because when you see the ink marks, you will not be able to make the erasures too. It'll bother you. But do a T grab. Draw a T across a piece of paper. Okay. Above that T, write down the one big thing that has a timeline achievable before end of year. You see, don't get carried away with the big life thing. Just the one big thing you really need to succeed at before end of year or accomplish before the end of this year. And then on the left side of that T facing you, that would be stage right for those of you who are, you know, acting inclined. You're going to write down all the positive steps that you are taking and all of the negative steps that you are taking. On the right side, stage left, you're going to write down what needs to be done positive and negative. That T is going to start to look like a cross, okay? And then you'll be able to turn that into your SWAT and it'll be a more honest SWAT than the legacy one that you've done where strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you will start with that T graph, it will help you a lot to be able to do that. Now, I do this Anytime I'm going into a new circumstance, whether it's going to require financial investment or whether it's a new protocol that we're going to initiate, I also do it on my personal life. So it comes by nature to me. And I have lots of books. I'm a very device driven person because after all, I am the most magnificently mature millennial, right? That's right. (laughs) But you will see that I still buy the books. And you'll find that I, in my library, one of the things I have the most of in my life are candles, flowers, and books. That's me. And in my library, many of my books are books that I've done my tea graphs in. And I've gotten to the point where now my family kind of puts dates on them. And it's been interesting for me to go back and look at some of those tea graphs and see the iteration of my life and the success of my business all example through those T-graphs. So it can be excellent and cathartic in journaling, but it's absolute and intentional around building out success plans. Yes, yes. Was I clear enough? You were absolutely clear and powerful and amazing and wonderful and all of the above. Let me leave Uh, you with a thought, Stephen. Yes, please. It's my life mantra. Never compromise who you are personally to become who you wish to be professionally. That's the best advice I think I've ever been given and that I can give anyone from my mom. You have heard it here. Miss Janice, thank you so very much for being our guest. I know you are on social media. Did you want to share any of your social media handles? I'll post them up in the show notes too. Yes, it's J. Bryant Talroy. J-B-R-Y-A-N-T. H-O-W-R-O-Y-D. They can visit AskJBH at my website, but my social media is J. Bryant Talboy. And I'm going to be looking for blessings and sharing blessings, Stephen. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Stephen, Stephen, (laughs) say Tarboro, North Carolina one more time for me. Miss Janice from Tarboro, North Carolina has blessed my soul today. (laughs) (laughs) Stay blessed, Stephen. Stay blessed. (laughs) 
Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers.